Hello and welcome. My name is Tom, and this is the Enthusiasm Project, episode number twenty. And today we're going to talk about something that affects all of us, which is getting older and age, but not just age. More specifically. Age as it relates to YouTube and the entire world of online video. Older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're even older, and now you're even older. You're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older, and now you're older still. And this whole discussion was sort of prompted and preempted. By something that I saw on YouTube a few weeks ago. So to kind of give a little bit of background, I guess、um, Heather and I just got back from VidCon this weekend, which was super fun. It was my first time going. It was her third time going, and VidCon is pretty terrific. We could do a whole. Maybe I'll have her here to do a whole thing, or better yet, actually, she's going to be working on a video that's all about her takeaways and her recaps from VidCon. So hopefully by the time you hear this, that should be ready over on Heather Just Create, and you can go check that out. But VidCon was that was really slick integration, by the way. But VidCon was really really fun. If you've never been, there's basically like three tiers of tickets that you can choose from, and there are the community passes, the creator passes, and the industry passes. And there's no real vetting process for any of these, so anyone can kind of sign up for any of them. But in general, the community pass is more fan base. So you get to like the exhibition halls. You get to go to like Q and A panels. Maybe like a few sessions and workshops. The creator pass includes all of that plus more specific workshops, sort of smaller panels. And then industry is for, well, I don't know because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't do the industry pass. But、um, it's、uh, for people who are in the industry. And so ideally, you have all these three groups coming together. You have. Uh, people who are making stuff, the fans of the stuff that those people are making, and the industry of which they're making it all together at one place, and it, it's really really fun.、Um, it is sort of an interesting <laughs> experience because, especially when it comes to the community area and the community passes, because you feel a little strange. And there were more than a few people we talked to. Including ourselves、um, and people younger than us, and they're like mid to late twenties, who are like, "This feels strange because we're around a bunch of like ten-year-old girls." And there are so many kids with their parents. If you go to VidCon, especially with the community pass, and you go to the exhibition hall, it, you would really think that the only people on YouTube are children and people making content for children. And I know that. You know that's obviously a huge audience and a huge market segment, but the the largest growing audience on YouTube are actually people fifty five and up. So of the two billion active monthly users, it's not all just kids. And you know the kid part is great. Like there's, I'm not I'm not in any way critiquing that. That's super fun. Kids basically, I know this from my own students. They use YouTube the same way that like people of my generation watch television. So. You know, we'd have our same shows and talk about those. They have YouTube. I think that's awesome. But if you if you're going to an event where you're trying to like, hey, I want to you know touch base and really talk to people who are dealing with some of the same stuff I'm dealing with, in terms of like trying to create, you know, my own content or build a channel or make videos or whatever, 
it, it can be a little distracting when they're just like high pitched screaming taking place all the time. So that that's kind of an interesting just thing that I noticed at VidCon. And then also at some point recently, Heather and I have been talking about, we did a share spark TV episode actually about this. Um, but a lot of times she especially will work with a client and like to do coaching with a client, like digital social media coaching and a lot of times, kind of regardless of their age, the clients feel like they're too old to get started. And even two years ago, when I was two years younger and I started my YouTube channel, I kind of thought maybe I'm too old to start a YouTube channel. And I that that is not the case. And so here's basically what I want to do with today's show is I want to share a few things with you guys and then hopefully... If you're thinking of starting a channel but haven't, or, or branching out, I'm speaking of YouTube specifically, but the same thing applies to you know almost any platform, maybe it will be like the confidence push that you need. Or if you already have one and you just sort of feel like, is this right for me? Like, you know, there are just kids everywhere and people that aren't my age group or aren't my demographic everywhere. The good news is there's so much room on a platform like YouTube for everybody. So what I wanted to go back to and what this originally tied into, and it's just something we've been kind of thinking about, is a video posted maybe about a month ago by Peter McKinnon. And if you don't know Peter McKinnon, if you're listening to me, you probably do. Um, He's probably the biggest YouTube channel in the photo video niche. He's got to be. I can't really think of any that are bigger than his channel. It is photo, video, tutorials, um, techniques, just that's that's kind of his realm. His stuff looks amazing. It's all very, very polished. He sort of had an interesting thing starting his YouTube channel like three years ago, and then he got like, his first million subscribers in less than a year and is now close to four million. And, you know, he's been an interesting person to to watch because his videos are good, but also that kind of growth that quickly, like it, it comes from a lot of hard work, but you know, seeing him try to like shape and adapt and all those kinds of things along the way and figure it out has been interesting for me, especially knowing that he's only two months older than I am. So we're basically the exact same age. And it's interesting to see somebody that's your same age, you know, do figuring this stuff out and how they're handling it and that kind of thing. But he posted a video a while ago, which which I thought was really interesting. So I'm going to play a clip for you from that video of Peter's to kind of set the stage and and give you a little backstory into what the situation is because I think that it's actually pretty funny. So this is a clip from one of Peter's videos from about a month ago. So I got the funniest text message from my dad the other day. I was saying, Dad, what are you up to today? Let's hang out, let's grab lunch. And he said to me, oh, I'm just finishing my vlog for tomorrow. It's my tune-up Tuesday, and I gotta make sure I get my upload done and scheduled before I can do anything. So let me know if you can do it a little bit later. And I thought, wait a second. What vlog? What's tune-up Tuesday? How are you, YouTube? Are we, (laughs) what's going on here? You gotta explain this to me. And herein lies the whole story. So, that, that is basically the story exactly as Peter describes it in his intro. His dad, who is 80 years old, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, started a YouTube channel kind of out of nowhere. 
and didn't ask his you know famous YouTuber son for help, which I don't I don't know why I don't know these people, so I don't know why he didn't, but. It's the best story. So in that video of Peter's, I'll link to it in in this podcast notes. Uh, so if you want to go check it out, it's really cool because he goes and talks to his dad. And I have some clips from that here. Um, and then, you know, links to his dad's channel, which had just started. And I think it, he had like a couple hundred-ish subscribers. But after like being featured on Peter's channel, he jumped up to like 20,000 subscribers. And he, he makes so many videos. He makes like four videos a week or something like that. And his dad's stuff is all about guitars and making guitars. So he said he started making these videos about how to make guitars. And he explained that the reason he wanted to do that is because he used to play guitar all the time. He used to build guitars. If you're in the world of guitars and music, learning how to make an instrument and become like a guitar luthier, I think I pronounced that right, is not something you can do really quickly. It doesn't take one or two YouTube tutorials. It takes years and years of experience to get to that point. And once you have all that knowledge, you know, you don't want it to just disappear. So he has a tremor in his hands that stop him from being able to play guitar anymore, but he can still make them and put them together. And so he's basically made a YouTube channel all about the craft of making guitars, but it's so dang enjoyable <laughs> i like the videos are i watch every single one i like guitars and music i have a i'm looking at a rack of guitars right now because i love guitars but i've never seen the process of one being made start to finish and so right now pretty much every video for the most part is like an update into this one guitar that he's making so he goes step by step um and whether or not you're interested in that it's just so much fun it's just so much fun to watch. So here I actually have a clip from his. If you want to look that up, I'll have a link in the notes for this show. But also it's just Monty McKinnon over on YouTube. And it's it's so great because it is just him doing this stuff all on his own. So here's kind of the clip. This is a video where he was giving a tour of his little workshop, which is I think it must be like the basement of their house. You know, I thought today we might do something a little different on our tune-up day, and I'd show you some of the tools that I'm actually using in making the guitars and some of the things that we need. In case you really are seriously, and I hope you are, seriously thinking of making a guitar, there's some equipment you're gonna to need to buy and have to have on hand in order to be able to facilitate. And it depends too how much of an investment you wanna make, which is determined by how many guitars do you wanna make. So let me show you some of the things that I've got right here in the cabinet. In this cabinet. And that's, I mean, that's the start of a video. He's not doing a full guitar lesson in this. He's talking about the different tools and things that he uses, which is really cool. But you can see the tone. You can see, like, he clearly is comfortable on camera. He's comfortable speaking. He know He's speaking to something about which he is knowledgeable. And he's also just ultra personable and ultra likable. And it's been really cool to see somebody, I mean, I, I guess age has to do with it. I like that he's he's an example of an older person doing this, although you could do, maybe you could do what he's doing at any age in terms of style and tone. But I like to see, it's just, there's a whole lifetime of experience there that you just can't have when you're younger. But there's also just sort of this approach to the platform, which I find really, really refreshing because... I mean, there's a total thing, if we, and I apologize for this in advance because it's awful to hear, but 
you know, if I go up to my high school students and we talk to them and I go like, okay, hey guys, we're going to do this. They, they're like usually okay with it. But if you say, hey guys, they know exactly what you're talking about because how many YouTube videos start out with somebody saying that exact same thing and then they throw in a promo for a product and then they, it's it's kind of like there's this structure and this format that is expected on that platform, especially for younger audiences, but even for everybody at a certain point. And I find it very interesting when someone takes the platform with a level of professionalism and skill, but molds it to their own molds it to their own thing, which which is really, really cool. And what I was thinking about of why I like it so much is that in the case of Monty McKinnon, he is fluent in the platform. He understands how YouTube works. Like he he understands how to make videos. He talks about he uses Adobe Rush uh, and just sort of figures it out as he goes. And as you watch it, like there's editing mistakes in him. You might watch a video one day and there's a whole bunch of vertical video because the phone was, you know, he uses a phone for like overhead shots. And if it's pointed the wrong way, then the shots end up vertically. But then the next day, you're going to see that now the shots are landscape. Or one day, you know, the audio might just be a little too high for the opening song or the mix might not. But everything like improves along the way. And every video is a little bit better than the last. And even when they're not, it's totally fine because it's so personal. And so it has such a clear human touch to it that it's just really enjoyable to watch and what I've come to the conclusion is that he is fluent in the platform but not attached to the platform and I think that is a strength I think it's almost like a superpower in terms of YouTube because he knows what to do like he understands the idea of well here I'll here's another clip uh this was Actually, this is from one of his own videos. Usually towards the end of the video, he has a whole segment where he drinks his English breakfast tea and asks you to, t- to subscribe and talks about the channel, sort of like personal catching up time. And just tell me this is somebody, tell me this isn't somebody who is fluent in, you know, new media. I thought I had about a thousand pictures on Instagram. Oh my goodness. How could I have missed it? It's closer to 1,500 pictures of of the various stages of guitar builds and some of the guitars I've done over the years. So you may want to have a look at that. And uh, I don't know, what do you do there? You you follow. You may want to follow me on Instagram. Who knows? Whatever it is. Thank you. You know, I'm really encouraged by your comments and, and you've been... Just- okay, so he goes, I mean, right there he's talking about Instagram. And Instagram is a weird, I'm going to sort of veer off for a second, but I'm going to come back. Instagram is a weird example of social media because it's so great and so terrible, which I guess all the platforms are. But Instagram, like, you know, at its worst is just influencers being, quote unquote, influencers being followed by robots to just provide no value to anybody. It's just sort of this weird pool of narcissistic nothingness. But at the same time, much like YouTube lets you share videos with anyone in the world, looking at this from the most optimistic point of view possible, Instagram lets you share photos and your perspective with the entire world. And when you have someone like this who's sharing you know, guitar builds and guitar construction, that's a really cool use of that platform. It's not, it's not just a whole bunch of vapid nothingness. It's really interesting, really helpful stuff. And yes, you know, you make a video about a guitar, 
that's super cool, but maybe like I did want to see more fine detail on how you're doing the binding or how you're doing the supports and how you're cutting and gluing the wood and sanding things. And you can have all of that stuff right there to reach anybody, anytime, you know, super quick. And I think that that, that is really, really cool. And there's no, <laughs> there is no preconceived notion on his part of like, you have to do this and it must be this and I need to get this many likes, follows, whatever. It's just sort of, he's engaging with it, you know, like remembering that on Instagram, people are called followers. On YouTube, they're called subscribers. It's the same thing. You watch his videos and he always tries to remember which side of the screen to point to to hit the subscribe button. And it's just, it's so much fun because it is so genuine to just watch someone who wanted to start something, pick up their camera and start it. And that's one of the, to me, one of the most inspiring things about it. And because the platform, because there's fluency, but not attachment to the platform, then it opens up all these windows and all these opportunities that not that aren't normally there. So for example, on YouTube, let me see if I can even find this with my phone right now. On YouTube, it doesn't work on iPad for some reason, hopefully soon. Um, but if you go to channels you like, so right now I will even type in Monty McKinnon, go to him right now. He's got 18 videos, 20,000 subscribers, tap on the channel. And at the top, there's a community tab. And you, you may have seen the community tab. It's going to be different for everybody and everybody's feed. Ooh, I have posts that I've missed. <sighs> this is like a gift. But anyway, the community tab is a cool thing that YouTube imp implemented last year sometime, I think, where it's basically like in your subscription feed, you can now get posts from channels that you follow. Obviously, it's something you probably don't want to abuse because if you just start clogging up people's feeds with random posts, eh, they're probably not going to like that too much. But what most people do is they'll, they might share a photo from like a behind the scenes and it's like, hey, filming a new video coming out Thursday. Or they, they might take a poll, you know, like, uh, which would you like to see next? Or what topic would you like to see covered in the next video? This, this, or this. They can take a poll. They can do thumbnail testing. Which thumbnail do you, you know, you kind of see those sorts of things, really short little posts. But Monty, good old Monty, as of right now, one, two, three, four. Eight, nine, ten. Has ten posts with the most recent being from this morning. And what he does in the community tab is he basically uses it like a blog. And there's actually discussion in the comments. There's all the stuff where he he goes into like motivation. So this one from today is all about self-doubt. And he relates it to guitar building. Like in this one, he says, trust me, when you finally finish the body of an acoustic guitar and it's time to cut the channels for the binding and one picks up a power router, there will be a moment of self-doubt and time for caution. One cannot allow thoughts of self-doubt to creep into one's mind. And he goes into like the first time he flew an airplane and feeling doubtful and all these situations in life when you're encountered with self-doubt. So self, And he closes by saying, self-doubt is nothing more than an opportunity to reflect before you do something. Just keep it in check. No doubt about it. It's a great day. Enjoy every minute of it. And he just, he posts these long things which are just so darn nice. <laughs> and I don't see other people doing that. And I think part of me thinks that if you were to listen to any of like, you know, YouTube gurus or anything like that, and you talk about the community tab, I don't know this, I'm just guessing. I have a feeling a lot of them would advise you against posting, 
you know, almost every day or multiple times a week, a super long blog post to your community tab because, wow, people aren't going to want to read a book every time they go to check their subscription. But this is one of the most endearing things. It's one of the most, it's just so, it's such a wonderful thing that you don't normally see on YouTube because you do just see the videos and maybe the description, you know, the YouTube comment section is a whole different world. And this is kind of a cool way directly on that platform to connect with someone in a deeper way than just, you know, what video topic do you want to see? Just, where it's almost just kind of like a little Twitter feed. And I think that those kinds of things are what's really interesting when someone who might be a little bit older just jumps into it. And even if you're not older, if you just have your own thing and you you understand how the platform works, you understand the norms of it, but you're not you don't have a feeling of needing to to stick to that. And if you watch Monty's video and Peter's video, it's a father and son who have a great relationship, both have YouTube channels. They couldn't be more different. And they're both great. And there's no need to go, to, there's no need to fit the form of one just because that's something that's working. It's It's so important to just lean into your personal strengths and what you bring to the table. And what I love so much about Monty's story is his lack of fear. You know, I guess, you know, like the post I just read, there must be self-doubt, but in the video that Peter made about him where he, he went, he ended up going to the house and like finding out what his dad is doing with this channel, I really, you should definitely watch it because it's just an enjoyable video. But he talked about like what his dad is using and has him show him the camera and it's this old, not old, sorry, it's a, it's a Canon Rebel that had been sitting around, it's not an old one, but it just hadn't really been getting used because it's, you know, it's a DSLR. And if you're new to those kinds of cameras, they can be really intimidating. They have all these buttons and things. And then Peter was asking about him and this was his response to that. What I did is I started using my iPhone. And when I used my iPhone, uh, it wasn't that hard to, to do. And I, because I was afraid of the Canon camera with all of its buttons and everything else. So I thought, well, this is stupid. Why do I have this if I'm not going to use it? So I looked at a few tutorials that Canon put out. And I thought, oh, by the way, they're not sponsoring this. I looked at their tutorials. And, and, and then I thought, I can do this. So then I started using that. The fact that I have a, a hobby that I enjoy and I can show other people and hopefully entice them, convince them that they can do this and make their own guitars. People talk about wanting to start a business. People talk about wanting to start a channel, anything, and they never do anything about it. I'm not like that. I, I just looked at this and I thought, well, there's gotta be a way to do this. How hard can it be? And I thought, Perfect. That's, how do you not love that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to like constantly harp on that, but I mean, come on, like just this, this, that little clip right there. I think that there's a lot to unpack that could benefit a lot of us, myself included. So starting off, he's talking about the the Canon camera and, you know, I use this Rebel camera and I was really scared of it because it had all the buttons. And I love that he goes, this is stupid. Why do I have it if I'm not going to use it? Because how many people, if it's not you, it's definitely someone you know who has something or wants to do something, but is just intimidated by it, especially if they're a little bit older. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely, you know, there's definitely a generational divide where a lot of people often think that like if they hit the wrong button on a computer or something, it's just going to explode or you like erase everything or cause world war three. I don't know. 
But usually that's not the case. You know, sometimes bad things can happen if you do the wrong thing, but usually nothing bad happens. And if it does, it's pretty recoverable. And he just dove straight in. It was like, no, this is dumb. I'm going to learn how to use it. It's super simple. Like there's so much information out there, how to learn anything you need to learn and then just get started. If you watch his videos, they're nothing crazy fancy. It's not like when you watch a Peter McKinnon video and there's drone shots and there's these cinematic sequences and perfect audio and like crazy edits and after effects stuff happening. Monty's videos, like it's him in front of the camera talking, but you can see and hear him really clearly. He'll show what he's talking about most of the time. So, you know, sort of has like different angles. He made a video where he was really excited because he had gotten this, he decided to order a stand that would kind of like let him mount his phone up high, like I mentioned earlier, so he could see a top-down shot of whatever he's working on. Um, sometimes he'll do little B-roll things. So, you know, as he's talking, he'll, you'll see a clip of him opening a drawer, getting a tool out or preparing something like that. But nothing crazy, nothing that anybody couldn't do with just a little bit of time and a little bit of thought. And I think that that fearlessness to just jump in and give it a shot is really cool, especially because, you know, just because you made it doesn't mean that you have to upload it. It doesn't mean that everyone has to see it. You can make something, end up hating it. That's what Heather and I tell people do all the time, but just make it and upload it, you know, unlisted or private. So it's uploaded. If it's unlisted, you can share the link with people if you want. You know, you can have someone you trust look at it and give you some feedback. You can just leave it there. And chances are, if you leave it unlisted for a while, you'll probably want to list it publicly and then other people can see it and turns out it's totally okay and people often get scared of like well i'm just starting out i don't want the whole world to see it it's like well that's good because you're just starting out and the whole world's not going to see it because the shock of no views (laughs) when you're just starting out on youtube is very real where you're like oh nobody's watching anything so that gives you a lot of freedom to get started and to experiment. And if you don't like it, you just don't have to upload it. You don't have to share it, but at least you made a thing. And even if you make something you don't like and it just totally gets deleted and erased from the face of the earth, the next thing you make will probably be a little better because you'll learn from that. You'll learn what you didn't like about the first thing. And then the next thing you make should be a little bit better. And if you don't know what to do, I mean, this is what I love about Monty's channels because he had a real reason. He had a hobby that he enjoys, and that's what he talks about. He has a hobby. He wants to share his knowledge about guitar making and guitar building, and he wants to motivate people to try to build their own guitars, which is really cool. That is niche. We've talked about niche before in these podcasts. That is quite niche. But so many people have their specific areas of knowledge, their specific areas of passion and expertise. And if you don't burden yourself with like trying to be perfect and trying to copy what everyone else is doing and trying to, you know, if you take your fluency of the platform and detach yourself from the platform and use it for what you want, you can make some really really cool stuff. I'm super excited right now. You know, mentioned Heather's channel a minute ago. She's in the process of putting together a new channel. It's a top secret channel. Uh, Well, I guess it won't be top secret when it's done, but it's a brand new channel. It's a totally different idea that's nothing like her existing one. And I think that it's really cool to see something new, to see her try something new. It totally does make sense if you know her and 
if just it makes sense, but it's also very different. And the reason, one of the reasons I love the idea so much is because it is so genuine. When she talks about it, she gets excited about it. Just like when Monty talks about guitars, he gets excited about making guitars. If you have that thing that you're just excited to talk about and you're excited to share things about, that's what you want to make your channel about. That's what you want to make videos about because you could find the thing that's really marketable, but you're probably not going to want to talk about it all the time. I know 3D printing videos do well, but I don't even really make them that much anymore because when I make 3D printing videos, everybody wants more 3D printing videos, which is a great problem to have. But even though I enjoy and really like 3D printing, I don't want to talk about 3D printing all the time. Like, I don't have the knowledge, the level of expertise, or the patience <laughs> to talk about it that much. So just because that is something that would do well doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you want your channel to be about. It should be something that you have a drive and an interest and a passion. And then right at the end, oh my gosh, he says people talk all the time about wanting to start a channel, wanting to start a business, wanting to take a leap, start something new, and they just talk about it and they never do it. And that's not how he is. And clearly that's the case because he's approaching this thing at 80 years old with like so much gusto <laughs> um, that you can see that's that's from a lifetime of that habit. But that's, that's what you don't want to do is just sit there and say, I wish I could, I wish I could. I did that myself when it comes to YouTube. I I mean, YouTube's been around forever. We've all watched it. But I it was probably 2011-ish, 2012-ish that I started like following specific channels, especially in the photo video niche. And I thought it was so cool. These people are making videos, which at the time were just like nothing fancy in people's bedrooms. Like it wasn't, you know, they just sitting at a desk talking about a microphone or something or showing you, you know, how a camera move works or a lighting setup works. Nothing crazy. But I remember thinking like, oh, I wish I could do that. And it's like, why not? And then wanting to do it and wanting to do it. But no, I can't do that. Or people would think I'm dumb or whatever. And the only regret I have so far in starting YouTube is that I didn't do it earlier because it's nice to be two years in, but I could have been four or five or six years in. So that is true. People spend so much time talking about wanting to do things. We should start a blah, blah, blah. We should make a thing. We should make a channel. We should make a podcast. Well, yeah, you should. <laughs> and the key is to just do that thing because the, the downside to age is that time is super limited and you never really know how long it's going to be I've used my drums as as an example a lot also because also when I'm recording this, they're like, I can reach over and literally touch my drum set because they're right there. So it's very, it's, I'm just aware of it. But the drums are big for me because I wanted a drum set when I was 10 years old. And, <laughs> and I wanted one really, really badly because I thought it was the coolest instrument in the world. And my mom said, okay, if you want a drum set, here's the deal. Um, you get, I was in like the, fourth or fifth, I think it was in the fifth grade, maybe. Um, she said, you know, if you get perfect grades at the end of the year, she would buy me a drum set, which was kind of an easy deal on my part because I got good grades. I was a good student anyway. I think I, you know, I could have just been doing a little bit better than I was. And she even said, which is crazy because we were not super well off. Like she's a single mother and working really hard and money was super tight. But she said, and I quote, 
even if I have to take out a loan, I'll buy you whatever drum set you want. Of course, at 10 years old, I didn't know anything about drum sets. So she probably would have got off pretty cheap. But if you know anything about drum sets or any instruments, oh boy, things get expensive really, really quickly. So I think it must have been like a month and a half or so, two months went by. I was working towards my drum set. Everything's paying off. I was drawing pictures of like what it was going to look like. I was thinking about my drum set. And then we were at Target one day and there was this Lego set that was the space shuttle. And it was super cool and it was $50. And I really wanted this super cool because I loved making Lego stop motion movies. And I love like NASA and stuff. And this was the combination of two of those things that was amazing and I really wanted it. So of course I did what any 10 year old does and I begged my mom. (laughs) Um, And she of course was like, no, I'm not gonna buy you a $50 Lego set for no reason. But then she pulled a move that was super smart and she said, well, I'll let you choose. You can pick the Lego set right now or you can not get the Lego set and get the drum set, you know, when you, if you still get good grades at the end of the school year in another month or whatever. And so I got to choose delay gratification for drum set, much bigger payoff, immediate gratification for Lego set, smaller payoff. And the choice that I made was the Lego set. And I loved it. And I had it for a long time. And I made tons of stop motion movies with it. And it was super fun. And I still always wanted a drum set. And then what that was when I was 10. When I was 16, we moved into an apartment. And there was a music store nearby. There was like this little indie music shop. And I bought, they had a drum set on sale for like a Christmas sale or something. It was like $300. And I bought a drum set without without asking. I, I had, you know, a job at the time so I could pay for it myself. But a drum set in an apartment doesn't work that well. And so I never really got to play it. I would kind of set it up and play it like really quietly. And that was sort of it. It was really fun, but that was kind of all I got to do with it. And then eventually I just, I had to give it away because there was just no room for it and I couldn't use it. And then years and years went by. And finally, when I was 29 years old, And I bought my first house. Well, it's my only house. I should say my first house. It was my first house, but it's also my only house. (laughs) It's this house. I was like, I'm going to be 30 years old. I still want a frigging drum set in in my own adult apartments. I had tried like electronic drum sets. This is going on long about drum sets, but it's fine. And finally, I was like, I have a house. I have extra space. I have, you know, I'm not going to disturb anybody. Like I can legitimately realistically have a drum set. And so even though buying a house was expensive, I was like, I don't care. I'm counting the cost of a drum set just like into the cost of the house. Like I need to buy a fridge. Cool. Cause obviously you got to keep your food cool. I need to play, I need to buy drums cause I need to play the drums as well. And so I bought a drum set and now, I mean, what, it's been like four years now. And it's awesome. I play that thing almost every single day. It's so much fun. But one of the big things about the drums was it, it, I thought about at 30 years old, thinking I've been wanting a drum set since I was 10. What if I had actually gotten the drums when I were 10, when I was 10, and I practiced playing them for 20 years? Can you imagine how good I would be at the drums after 20 years? And so the same thing kind of happened when I was about to turn 30 and I was like, I still want drums. Maybe in a few years it'd be smarter or whatever. 
cool, then I'll be 35 or whatever and I could get a drum set. But at that point, I could have been five years better at playing the drums. And the reason I like the drums as an example too is because they're so physical. It's a lot of work. You know, you have to use all your limbs. It, it's a lot of work. And I realistically thought like, oh, that's something you you can't play all the time. You know, like Monty McKinnon can't play guitar anymore because he has tremors. You know, but guitar, you know, someone like B.B. King played guitar well into old age. But something like the drums, you might not be able to, especially the kind of drums I like to play. You kind of, there's there's things that could happen, injuries, illnesses, whatever, where like physically it's just not going to be possible to do it anymore. And so I realized like, oh my gosh, if I don't do this right now, like literally it's not going to be a thing that happens anymore. And that's kind of where age comes into it is if you want to start something at a certain point for some things, it literally just won't be an option anymore if you wait too long. So you, it's so important. I mean, it's super cliche. It's like something that would be written on like a bath towel from Home Goods or whatever, but you very rarely regret the things you do. You mostly regret the things that you don't do, or at least there's a lot more regret for those things. And so I love this story of someone in his 80s or about 80 years old jumping into something like YouTube, which is stereotypically thought of as being for, you know, younger people, sometimes much, much, much younger people, and just making it his own and being successful with that. And as people are discovering him, of course, you know, he has a son with a platform that can, he can be discovered a bit more easily than the average person. But if he had just made these videos even without you know, getting featured on a larger channel, it's still something that people would connect with and it's still something that would grow. And now that he was able to connect with a different audience through a larger channel, especially a younger audience, what I have seen in the comments are so many people are being drawn towards this because it's so different from what is typically on the platform. But there's so many things he's doing. There's a lot of things he's doing right. You know, he's got a beautiful channel banner. He, calls to action, the whole thing. Like he knows what he's doing. But there are so many things where there are, you know, if you followed what the best practices are for YouTube, they're not being done on Monty's channel. But that's why it's, that's why it is becoming successful is because it is different and it is so authentic and it is so, so personal. And I think that that is awesome. And that's what we found with Heather when she can push her clients through that hang up of like, maybe I'm too old. And it's funny because sometimes it might be someone who's 76 saying maybe I'm too old. Sometimes it's someone who's 42. Like everybody thinks that they're too old and there's, and nobody is. That's the beauty of it. So once they can get pushed through, it's usually incredibly rewarding. And it's not because they get millions and millions of subscribers or whatever, but it's because they're making something, they can share something, they can explore something. They're also taking down this fear of the unknown, thinking like, oh my gosh, YouTube is terrifying. But now that I've done it, ah, it's actually, it's not super scary. It's totally fine. And that is something that I think is really powerful and really, just really awesome. And I, I've been using Monty as inspiration in my own videos. Not that our videos <laughs> look anything alike, but just in the way that he kind of just does his own thing and he he. I just sort of remind myself of that, that you can get good ideas from other people, but you don't have to copy just what other people are doing 
all the time. You kind of know what you want to do. You probably know who you want to reach, how you want to reach them. And if you have an idea for that, you should really follow your idea. But it's, you know, it's not too late. <laughs> Age really doesn't matter when it comes to a platform like YouTube. So again, I'll put all links to those videos um, in the notes for this podcast and you can check them out when you have time. I really recommend it. It's super fun and enjoyable. And even if you're not into building guitars, just seeing somebody who, you know, stereotypically people of his generation are not starting YouTube channels and are not even comfortable with that idea, but seeing someone just dive head first and then crush it so much better. <laughs> and then so many people who are so much younger is, is really inspiring and really, really motivating. And I think that anytime you can get a push for something motivating, that's good. If nothing else, go to Monty's channel and read his community posts because they are so good and filled with so much like positivity positive wisdom and all that wonderful, wonderful stuff. So with that being said, thank you so much for giving me your time to listen today. If you want to connect with me, um, I'm at SodarnTom on Twitter and Instagram. You can also send emails. All the stuff is in the description here. And of course, YouTube channel, The Enthusiasm Project, where there's new videos, you know, a lot of the time. So enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. you've ever been and now you're even older and now you're even older and now you're even older you're older than you've ever been